Popcorn and Pixels podcast, and I'm pretty sure I hit the recording button correctly this time. I'm one of your co-hosts, Vanessa Guerrero. And I'm not operating the board, and one of your other co-hosts, Emily Rose Jacobson. And it's probably a good thing I don't touch it, because it's a nice, it's a nice, it's a road. It's a roadcaster. It's a roadcaster. I paid so much money for it, and it won't update. (laughs) Um, It's great. I'm so angry at it. I've plugged it into every computer, and it won't fucking update so that I can change the soundboard on it. So that's why we have the soundboard that we have. It's built into the thing, and I I wanted it to be custom. And we still have the spooky voices on it. It's still it's still somewhere. I don't remember <laughs> how to start it, and I'm afraid that if I did it, I wouldn't be able to turn it on. I mean, it's it's it would Wait, be it see. would be it would be. Uh, oh yeah, there's monster megaphone voice disguise and pitch up. That's right. We did monster that one time because uh, it would be it would be uh, topical for today's. It would be. Uh, today's for, picks. For today's, for today's picks. <laughs> um, have you been playing anything or watching anything as of lately? Ooh, yes. Um, I have been playing Final Fantasy f- 16. So I think the last time we talked. Yes. I had been you talking. Were excited I about was it. excited about it because I played the demo, and wowie zowie, that demo is fire. Yeah. Literally. There's, there's fire icons in it. Um, so <laughs> I have been playing it since then. And oh my gosh, this game is great. I I I was never a big I played a little bit of Final Fantasy VII when I was younger. Um, I still haven't played the remake really. I think my joke was like when the remake came out, it's still in cellophane in my house. Because when the Final Fantasy VII remake came out, which I believe was during the Paninis, yeah. uh, that was during the time that I was diving headfirst into Fallout 76 because it oh, was the pandemic. Oh, so you were busy. I was busy. I was knee-deep in Fallout, uh, and so I just didn't... I haven't played the remake yet, but... Uh, so my last big fall... I mean, sorry, the last big Final Fantasy game I loved and played was Final Fantasy IV on my Nintendo DS. Like, first, first iteration of DS. I love and adore Fallout. I'm, I keep saying Fallout and Final Fantasy because they both start with F. I adore Final Fantasy IV. I really love it when Final Fantasy dives into the fantasy elements, and so I was really excited about this one. And wow, yeah, like this game is so good. I It's tough because it's one of those things where I think the biggest criticism of the game right now is that it is doesn't feel like the RPGs or the RPG style that the Final Fantasy games usually carry because like I can't change my party or I can't adjust like my party gear or I can't level them up or tell them what spells they should do. But like people were saying that God of God of War, I think it was Ragnarok in 2018 have more RPG elements than uh, this final fantasy, this final fantasy game does, which I think, yeah, for Ragnarok might be true. But um, for me, this game makes me feel like I'm playing kingdom hearts too. The combos. It does remind me of Kingdom Hearts the too. The combos feel so good when I combo with my dog and I tell the dog to do a sick, like a well-timed sick as I do a well-timed parry and the screen lights up and it's like precision parry, precision bite. It even pauses on the final strike the way Kingdom Hearts yes, 2 did too. Yes, and there's, there's a big moment in the game a little early on where it just does a lot of Kingdom Hearts 2 shit that I won't say like narratively wise. And it, there's just moments where I'm like, this is just screaming Kingdom Hearts 2 to me. And like, that's why I'm loving it so much is because I have not, like Kingdom Hearts 3 never gave me the same feeling that I felt when I played Kingdom Hearts 2. I haven't even played it. 
it's okay. And I know Joe, If I don't think, I don't know if Joe listens to our podcast, but I'm sure if he is right now, hi, Joe, uh, he's going to want to throw a book at me or come to my house uh, <laughs> and, and, and throw a book have at me. Have some questions. Because, because I, have, I was always very vehemently like, I did not like Kingdom Hearts 3. Kingdom Hearts 3 was okay. Um, two, I think, is the best in these series. I love two. I love two so much. And yeah, Final for me, Final Fantasy 16 gives me those vibes of playing two, like, in the best way possible. And I'm really curious to see how this game ends. I th- I've heard mixed things about the ending of the game. It's You either love it or you hate it. I'm sure I'm going to be in the path of loving it, just where I am right now. Yeah. Knock on wood. But, yeah, that's what I've been playing. Been neat tits deep in Final Fantasy <laughs> Also, oh, my gosh, you got some great voice acting performances. Yeah. And, and our main character, Clive. Damn, just a depressed, depraved. I I think we talked about this before. One of my favorite tropes is very sad man. Yeah, he is a very sad man, and we put him in a corset, and he is just like he's just like I'm a monster, and I'm like, oh, 14 year old Emily is living catnip. right now. Catnip yes. for Emily. Uh, yes. So I'm having a great time with Final <laughs> Fantasy 16. What about you? What have you been playing and watching? Uh, playing a ton of Story of Summer. Story I already story of seasons. Mm-hmm. I'm in summer, that's why. Mm. Um, and I just proposed with my first blue flower, <gasps> uh, blue feather, feather to Matthew. Um, I I'm so mad they changed his name in the game. I liked Martin a lot more because my brother's name is Matthew, and it feels uh, very weird. That's why I can never in my life fall for an Alex, because uh, that's my little brother's. Uh, Actually, all of my siblings' names are completely off limits from partners. No, thank you. So, but I mean, I feel it though. Story Seasons, A Wonderful Life. Yes. Top tier. Been enjoying my farm game. Mm -hmm. And then uh, I watched the Basquiat movie, the one starring Jeffrey Wright, Mm. um, which was good. And then I finished all of season two of The Bear, and that was great. I need to watch that show solely because people were like, Someone he would do. He, I think he did like a recent interview with uh, Jennifer Coolidge, my my lady, who I can impersonate. Um, and someone in the comments was like, "He looks like Gene. Like, why are people attracted to him? He looks like Gene Wilder." Gene and Wilder was attracted. Was, exactly, everyone was like, "Exactly, exactly." Gene Wilder was hot. Gene Wilder's hot. He's, yeah, and and this guy, this guy from the Bear, very Jeremy hot. Jeremy White is very hot. Um, <laughs> especially hot in this. Yes, Chef is the new Yes Daddy. Um, I would, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, chef. Yeah, chef. Um, <laughs> uh, but uh, Jamie Lee Curtis, phenomenal. Is she in it? She has a cameo in it. Oh, my gosh. And it's maybe one of her best roles I've ever seen her in. Oh, wow. It, it's, it's supreme. Both seasons of The Bear have just like a standout, really good, like double length episode. Where is it on? Hulu. I have that. Yeah. Because of Disney. <clears throat> Disney yeah. Disney bundle. If, it, if you have it with a Disney bundle, you can watch Disney season bundle. one and two of The Bear, and it's really good. I like okay. season one. Season two, I think, takes the characters and, like, allows you to, like, intimately explore them a little bit mm. more. It, like, really fleshes them out from mm-hmm. beyond the first season, which obviously is what you want to do in your second season. Um, and it does it really, really well, while also being straight-up food porn. Um, but it also makes the kitchen look like hell on earth. Um, I've worked in kitchens, so I'm very excited to watch. Um, as ha- as have I, and it captures that specific set of tension of oh my god, oh my god, oh my god, how are we executing any Does of this? Does somebody go into a fridge at one point just to decompress and or scream? Yes. Okay, great. That was me all the time. 
I would go into this, the, the standing fridge and I'd close the door behind me and just amongst the meats and the, and the containers of ranch and like the vegetables, I would just like have a moment in a cold fridge. Uh, it's so bracing. It really, it really it's, brings yourself back. Yeah. I used to do that with the uh, standing freezer that in at AMC where we kept all the cold pizzas and shit. Did you work in the rest? Wait, so you worked at AMC? I worked at an AMC with a kitchen, and I hated it. I worked at a Cinemark with a kitchen. I specifically wrote, worked in the restaurant. It sucked. It sucked ass. Movie people were so fucking mean. Uh, Wait, which oh, I mean, you mean yeah? I mean, ours was bad because we had we weren't a Starbucks. But we had an espresso machine, and we had a little sign that's like, we serve Starbucks drinks. So I had to learn how to – I basically became a Starbucks barista without working at an official Starbucks. I hate it when they do that at movie theaters where they add some extra element yeah. that you have to do, like, extra training, but no extra money. And then in my town – in my town – so I worked there. I tried to make some extra money when – this is going to be a side tangent real quick. So I tried to make some extra money one uh, holiday season while I was home from college. And so I told my movie theater, hey, I'm going to be back in town. Do you need extra help during the holiday, like, during Christmas and stuff? They're like, yeah. So I, I opted, I said, hey, I'll work. I can't work on Christmas Eve because that's my family does a bunch of stuff. I'm like, but I can work Christmas Day evening. I was such a dummy and stuff. And so I go to work and that afternoon and like, um, because it's a holiday, all like the Starbucks in my town, in my small town, I think at one point there was like just, it was like one or two Starbucks closed down for, for the holidays. So people were coming to the movie theater to get Starbucks drinks. No. And we weren't. We did not have, like, a Starbucks-level espresso machine. We had a nice espresso machine, but it wasn't like we weren't kitted out like a Starbucks. So the espresso machine is taking, like, three minutes to do two shots of espresso. And I have people flooding this restaurant thing, being like, okay, I want uh, th four grande caramel macchiatos. And so I'm like, great. This one dude's order is going to take 10 minutes. And then I have all these people screaming at me. I have people being really, really impatient. And I'm like, I'm so sorry. Like, I'm doing my best on Christmas. People are so fucking people are mean. so mean. Please just be nice to food service people. We, we're not asking for any, like, we're just trying to do our best. And so there was, thankfully, there was the same guy who ordered, like, four caramel macchiatos. Uh, did slip me a $20 bill. And he uh. was like, I'm so sorry. People are being rude to you. Merry Christmas. Here you go. And I was like, thank you. And I remember that to this day. But yeah, working at a restaurant in a movie theater is is like, that's that's season three of The Bear that I want. Uh, <laughs> I don't know how the Alamo Drafthouse people do it all the time. Who? I've known people that work there and work the kitchen there. And it's just like, yeah. And then you have to be small and tiny as you get people's foods to their seats and have them whisper scream at you. Oh, gosh. I can't imagine. Like, that was the nice thing about ours. was like you had to eat it in the restaurant. It what did not go into the movie theater. So like, Oh, ours went into the theater. So I would didn't. give them a pizza and then clean it off the floor later. Ooh, that's the worst. Uh, Sorry, I hated it. Hated it done. so much. Um <laughs> But uh, yeah, be nice to your local movie theater concession people mm -hmm. uh, if you take away anything from this podcast. Yeah. So moving on, tangent. Mm -hmm. I, I'd have a better segue, but uh, my brain head empty. Uh, I mean, we were talking about movie theaters. Time to talk about this week's movie. Talking about this week's movie. So I'm doing I a lot of really one. weird sit hitting the emphasis on the second syllable of words today. I appreciate I've said, it. I said Starbucks. And movie. movie. <laughs> you sound like Schmidt from New Girl. Kaka. Kaka. <laughs> uh, but we're looking behind the curtain. We're looking behind the big, <gasps> big beautiful, beautiful purple curtain. Purple curtain. What movie is there? Uh, the movie is Ready or Not, which I watched again today in preparation for the episode and just had a grand old time because so this is such a good fun. movie. It's so fun. 
so fun. So if you're not familiar with the premise, a girl marries into a very rich family, um, and he tells her that they have to play a game at midnight, and it's very important, um, and all she has to do is pull a card and play a game. She unfortunately pulls a hide-and-seek card, which means the entire family, who had made a pact with Satan several years back, um, like, have, you do. like you do, to fund their gaming empire, like consider them like do. a like a Milton Bradley of sorts. Yeah, um, have Satan's to, Milton Bradley. Satan's Milton Bradley. Have to hunt her down and kill her by uh, sunrise or else they all die. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, her fiance neglected to tell her this because he's a selfish asshole. Uh, schmuck of the year goes, yeah. goes to her husband. Yes. Um, was this your first time seeing this movie? I've seen clips before, okay, but this was my first time like seeing it all the way through. Oh, thoughts? Gosh, it's just so much. Okay, I have my notes right here. Um, it's just like I think my first note. Yeah, it's just a fun and kooky premise. I yes. love like, I love it when horror movies get creative, and this is such a fun creative horror movie. I love the premise. I love how wacky it is. I love the set design. I love especially the costume design. Oh my gosh, the evolution of her dress. The evolution of the dress is, is one of my so favorite things. Good. They did such a good job of giving her like this like elegant Grace Kelly, but still like kind of down to earth wedding mm -hmm. dress. Cause I even noticed she was wearing Aldo shoes. She wasn't wearing expensive shoes. She was wearing mid-range shoes, showing she like has this like humble background. Yeah. It, she starts off with this very classic dress and then it just like rips off into a battle dress. Yes, <laughs> like she's she's like it gets torn throughout and then she rips it off herself and then she's wearing her converse. And then she takes her sash, and it also becomes like it becomes a, like an interactive portion of the movie because, and I say that I don't think that's the right phrase, but like her dress itself becomes a weapon. Her dress itself becomes a tool because she uses it to choke out the servant at one point when she's trying to escape. She takes the sash from her dress and tries to so yeah. choke him out. She and uses it to stop the bleeding she in stops her hand. The bleeding. Oh yeah, I did not realize that this film was so gory. <laughs> it's and gory. Boy, Harry, they get, she, like that, that scene I couldn't watch when she was trying to climb out of the nasty goat pit. Oh my gosh, because I was just like, Ugh. and then the part where she's trying to squeeze through the bars and you see like the back of her back. And once again, the dress getting cut. Cause she's like, Oh, she's, tearing as she's, she's like going she's, through, yeah, the she's to push through the fence bars. line. Yeah. Like super, but I mean, it's, it, it's such a nice evolution because then you see her at the very end at the, the film where she's sitting out on the, on the steps smoking, she's covered in blood. She's covered in like ash from the fire. And she, and like, of course I, I was like, okay, what's the last line of this film going to be? Like, she's like, they're clearly like the, you see, you hear the off camera, like firemen, like talking to her. And I'm like, okay, they're teeing up to Ray's be like, like what? what happened yeah, to you? And she goes, in-laws. I'm like, yeah. Great line. All-time great line. But now I'm like, I'm like, oh yeah, it's such a good look. And I'm so glad that like, <coughs> it's such a, it's become, I'm really excited because her, I feel like her look is becoming kind of this, this quintessential, like this era's, one of this kind of era's defining horror looks. Yeah. Like we've seen it in the Scream movies now. They, they, uh, in the most recent Scream, yeah, on Halloween there was the there was a, a background character who was dressed as her, and yeah. I love that. I feel like, kind of like how Carrie has a very signature look. I'm really excited for like this ready or like ready or not to become a very like a bullet oh, yeah. battle bride. Yeah, battle bride. Like, oh yeah, that's a Halloween character. Like, that's a that's a horror character. That's a look. No, I I love how immediately iconic it was, mm -hmm. um, and, and she's such a good actor in this. Oh my god, Samara gosh. Weaving is incredible. She's incredible in this. She's she's hilarious, and you, I, I, she was so I could feel her fear, I could feel her fury, I could feel her kind of natural evolution into like 
fuck it kind of energy. So good. She's got such a great on-camera scream. She's got this bleeding, goat-like whale of a scream that really, like, drives home both, like, fear and agony when she gets, like, shot through the hand and she, like, puts her ha- a nail through the hole in her hand uh, and she yoinks it out. She's got that great scream. She's got a really, really good, like, just... it. I, I, I'm a picky gal when it comes to on-screen screams because mm-hmm. I hear them a lot, and hers is S-tier. So good. But, yeah, like, oh, man, this is just such a great, fun film. Um, I really enjoyed that it was willing to be like Satan is real, <laughs> that it made all of it, its promises on like the imagine like, you know, I feel like sometimes when movies deal with like superstition or magic, it's apprehensive to just be about something that's yeah. magic. And this one was really willing to be like, no, the dark magic is real. Satan is real. These people all popped. Uh, oh yeah, the ending like, is wild. Like, uh, you see like the weird ghost for him, and like you see like the Mister 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 Labale Labale. One yeah. of the na- uh, old scratch, old pal. Many names for Satan. You see Satan come and he literally like, give her props. Yeah, he's like nice. <laughs> Good job. <laughs> Good job. Sit. Yeah, and I think I loved it too because you get such like throughout the film. There's just these really great funny moments with like all the other members of the family. Like the daughter is insane, and she's they're also ludicrously they're also, evil. Yeah, and like her husband was cracking me up when it's like he was like texting the guy. I forget. Um, I thought I made a note about it, but oh yeah, like oh yeah, when he was texting his his buddy, and it's like, what are you doing? It's like, oh, not much family shit. <laughs> and he's just like <laughs> waiting there. Like he's just like texting as this insane, awful hunt of this woman is happening, and then he like looks up the video of like how to do how to use a crossbow, use a crossbow, and just is like yeah, like I love the the drunk brother because at first I thought like because I was because I knew the premise and I knew the film and I'd seen clips and I thought I was like oh when you start off when you start off right, watching this film you get like a flashback moment yeah and like you see this older brother like give away his great uncle's like location, location before from they, another from hunt. another hunt and i thought that was the guy she was marrying but no she's marrying the younger brother who was protected in the closet and so yeah. you see you see the older brother and he's like now this alcoholic and he's really depressed but like he ends up being the best guy in the film and you don't think he's gonna be great for a while and then he, he he's just extremely guilty yeah, he feels extremely guilty mm-hmm. for selling out even even though I think he's just guilty in general. Yeah, he's like, he's like I can't do this anymore. He thinks his family is a bunch of monsters, and he wished that he wasn't them. Yeah, and he's like in a loveless marriage, and he's and he's like really is like you. He's like you didn't protest when. Oh his yeah, wife, his wife yeah. was so down to sign her soul away. Yeah. Uh, so. and uh, yeah, she gets to keep her soul, and she gets to keep her maiden name. Hopefully, by the end of the movie. I mean, that's the thing. Is like hopefully. I mean, she. I'm, I'm sitting there after the film. I'm like, okay, well, did she sign the marriage certificate? Because she can she inherit this entire thing? Yeah, does she just get the entire get, LaDonna's please, fortune at please. this point? Because she's the last living member of the family. Mm-hmm. Um, that would be the absolute most supreme thing. Would you Would you want a sequel? I feel like if they did a sequel, it, I don't know if it could be the same characters. No, I think it would have to. I think a sequel might have to end up being a prequel. Yeah, Mm. because I feel like the story is pretty, pretty complete as it is. I don't need a sequel. I think it's a really nice one. I think it's really fun and I think it's a nice one and done. Yeah, no, it's 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 excellent. Um, And I I really do appreciate like her final girl evolution as it. So good. 
again, more Samara weaving in horror movies. She's in Scream 6. Love her so much. She was in The Babysitter. Um, she's just... Uh, who was she in Scream 6? Uh, I'm trying to remember who she was, but my roommate said she was in it. I still... I'm so sorry, everyone. I haven't seen Scream 6 yet. I've been depressed. Uh, get off my back. But uh, I'm slowly making my way to it. But, um, yeah, Samara Weaving is great. And then I believe she was also in Babylon opposite Margot Ro Robbie. Um, I still need to watch Babylon. I think it was, was it you that said I was going to love it or I was going to hate it? You're, it's one or the other. I, <laughs> did you like La La Land? No. You will, you will not like Babylon. <laughs> <laughs> Damn but also, it. But I also just need you to watch it. Just to, you need, like, I need you to watch it so we can talk about it. Yes. Yeah. That's also I, on my list. That was a film where I was like, there's only been, I think there's only been like three films where I felt like, oh man, this is really dragging. I'm feeling the passage of time while in this movie theater. And it's been Babylon, <laughs> Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and <laughs> Fast 10. Fast 10 maybe I... We, I hated Fast Ten. I hated Fast Ten. I, hated I liked it. Fast Nine. I thought Fast Nine was great. I thought Fast great. Nine was great. Fast Nine it was, was so ground, fun. It was grounded, but also fun. They this, still they this, went to fucking space. This one didn't have any grounded. I mean, here's the thing: it was grounded in the John Cena and uh, Dawn relationship. Yeah, Fast Nine was. I got so mad at Fast Ten because they they took a sniper to John Cena's character and they just made him a dumbass, which is fine in other films. I love me a, a himbo John Cena. Don't don't get me wrong. But I thought he had such a cool kind of gruff, like, brotherly character that they established in Fast 9 for them to just then be like, oh, we're going to take that and throw it in the trash. I was really bummed by that. It also looked like shit. There's a lot of, like, cheap drone shots. And, well, just, and you could tell, it like, he was not in the scene, same scene with a lot of those people. No, he yeah. wasn't. Uh, and it was... What a baffling Jace. I don't I'm so sorry to anybody that's listening and like waiting for us to talk about radio or not. But I need <laughs> I need to get off my chest how baffling Jason Momoa is in that movie. It's such non-commitment to like crazy guy. Like clearly it's oh, him you doing like, like it. No, it's like him doing like him doing Joker, Joker or whatever, but it's so non-committal and unbelievable. I mean, yeah, here yeah, he's having fun. He's having fun. Don't get me wrong. He's having fun more than anyone is in that movie probably. Um, but I don't like it. I did like the lady <laughs> fight. I did like the lady fight. The lady fight was fun. The lady fun. fight was good. Okay. Yeah, I not. enjoyed the lady fight. But uh, I didn't enjoy so much of Fast X. Yeah, same. Um, I like that at the beginning they show you a bunch of Fast Five. So much of Fast Five that you wish you were watching Fast Five instead. I, see, that was um, to, not to circle back, but that's my problem with Babylon. Babylon likes to do its parallels to Singing in the Rain. And then I'm sitting there being like, I wish I was watching Singing in the Rain because I actually like that film a lot more. Yeah. And I wished I was watching Fast Five because the safe scene is fucking crazy. <sighs> Love it. Love it. But ready or not. Ready or not. Great movie. Great movie. Super uh, fun. Had a, had a blast. Tough time. I initially, when you pitched it to me, I was like, oh, man, I'm going to have to really think of, of, of games with, like, these really challenging female leads. And then about halfway through the film, I was like, no, I know exactly what game I'm picking for this one. When you told me, I was so confused because I haven't, I hadn't ever heard of it. I cannot, I am so shocked you had never, you, Vanessa Guerrero, horror queen extraordinary, <laughs> who, who also has a knowledge of just like the most obscure like things as well. I could not fathom that you had, and also too, where you work now. Yeah. I could not fathom that you had never heard or played this game. Are we looking behind the curtain? We're looking behind the curtain. We're pulling the curtain back. And what is the game behind the curtain? 
It's Night Trap. That's right. We're talking about Night Trap. <laughs> what a game this was. What a fantastic. I mean, this is Night Trap itself is fascinating in its gameplay and it's also fascinating in its history because um, I'll do a basically like a, a little kind of small, small version of this story. But yeah, it's a it's a game. It, the concept originated in 1986 as a prototype for a new um, game console that was sold to Hasbro. But basically, it lost a lot of money, and mm -hmm. so the console was never completed. And so Night Trap kind of sat on the back burner, and it's an FMV game, which stands for uh, full, full Motion, motion video, video, which is a really kind of, it's basically full motion video, which I love it. I love the history of video games, and it's such a weird time in like the late 80s, early 90s, where we see like a lot of these FMV games, because people were like, oh, our gra graphics aren't up to T yet in the games industry. But this is the future because we're actually using like footage of real people. Like this is the future of games. <laughs> Surprise, it did not become the future of video games. But FMV games were essentially the birthplace for the modern day, essentially like choose your own adventure narrative yeah. games. Like we have games like Telltale's The Walking Dead and The Quarry thanks to FMV kind of games. FMV games and choose your own adventure games. Yeah. So like FMV And it games spawned maybe one of the most popular memes of the last 10 years. It did. Uh, <laughs> space. Oh yeah, space. <laughs> Command and conquer with Tim Curry. Yes, yes. in which Please. he is literally laughing through the lines. I will go to the one place where like it's socialism. Where it's untouched by capitalism. Untouched by capitalism. Space. space. I I got to use. I forget what video I used that for, but I got to use it. I think once in a in a X play video, and I was like, yeah, I'm just gonna throw in Tim Curry. This is Tim Curry. It's always good. It's always good. So yeah, this game came out. Um. For the Sega CD, and then it infamously, like, it kind of was, like, it got mixed reviews. No one really played it until a little thing happened called the 1993 United States Senate Committee hearing on, um, and the birthplace of the ESRB, where violence in video games and themes in video games were being brought to court because it was like, hey, we, video games are getting, look at these crazy violent video games. We got this one where you're pulling out a dude's spine, and we got this game where we have a woman in a bathroom changing and i mean she's not she's not undressed or anything she's, no, like a she's just bra, wearing like, like a, a little, little tank top tank top but, and a nightgown but she gets like she gets this weird needle thing stuck into her neck and then they use that to be like we need we need regulations and games that's how the esrb was born and that's why you couldn't go to a video game store without your parents to buy like tea or x or, or m rated games but yeah so night trap has a wild premise and you you can thankfully still play it they did a 25th anniversary uh switch port switch port and they put it on the playstation as well it's, it's so hard it's, really, it's so it's fucking so, hard yeah this game you can't get the plot in a first playthrough because in order to play like the game will shut down if you lose enough like if you are behind if you game, let too many people if you let too many augers through if you let a teenage girl die it so, punishes you so the plot of this game premise of it it's like if you've heard of night trap you're like oh yeah it's the video game the full motion video game with the footage of the girls the 80s girls and there's like weird ninjas running around and you're trying to capture the ninjas yes and so the game opens up with like these people dressed in like black and white camo like they're gonna go find rambo or something yeah and they're like oh these teenagers are going missing we gotta go find them they're all at this wine this winery is where they're all going missing we need help we're gonna put a person on the inside and this person you're gonna control like you're gonna control the inside of the house so you gotta keep an eye on them and i'm like what is it with these like rambo ass people they work for scat which is the sega control <laughs> attack team 
Uh, and so, uh, and so it's like, it's just such a weird thing. And I looked at it and like the first shot, there's, there's four to five Pepsi cans in this shot. And I'm I like, noticed. I'm like, is there a Pepsi sponsorship? We don't know. I, I, I need to look it up. But, uh, so you, throughout the game, you're basically just trying to stop these girls from like, you're trying to stop all these augers, these ninja looking guys, these ninja vampires, zombies. ninja zombie vampires from getting these girls and but like yeah like if you if you hold on a scene for too long like say you actually like want to watch these actors act and you're like i want to get a semblance of plot you have just let like 10 of these guys into this house no going back you can't trap them and then the game will just if you there's too many it comes to like there's various points where like if you have not done a good enough job it will just they 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 take control over your like little kind of control screen. They're like, oh, I'm sorry, you let you we, we really thought we could trust you. You're not doing so good. The game's over, and you're like, and then oh it just my ends God. the game and for you. Game. So you have to start again. So like gameplay wise, Night Trap is a disaster piece, and you have to listen in for all the codes. It, yeah, it's impossible. It's, it's very stressful. It's impossible. Like, if you want to get an idea of what the plot or the story of this game is, you have to just watch, like, a, a clip through on YouTube of, like, all the I footage. watched my bosses at Game Grumps play. Thanks, which, Dan and Aaron. Thanks, Dan and Aaron, which is very funny to me that, like, you had never heard of this one game. But, like, yeah, it is. It's just so – the reason why I picked it is because there was that scene in Ready or Not where it's all about the security cameras. And just, like, it was a combination of that – a combination of how fun the premise of Ready or Not is and just how wacky and fun the premise of this game is. And just, yeah, like the idea of playing hide and seek and of course there's like vampires deal with the devil. And yeah, just the idea of like they're playing, you're playing basically playing hide and seek with these vampires and you're trying to capture them all and you're having to listen in and stuff. Like that's the reason why I picked this game. Uh, Cause to me, I was just like, oh, this is just, it, it was fun. I had so much fun watching Ready or Not. And I was like, I just, this game is so stressful, but fun too. And like, yeah. It's, I love one of the reasons why I love like the term scream queen is because horror might be the only genre. It's a genre that I feel like sometimes gets written off as like misogynistic, especially when you go back to the 80s mm -hmm. and with, you know, things that are inspired by like Night Trap. Um, but if you think about it, most of the time, think of another genre in which women get to talk as much as they do. It's true. Like, Yes, they're all slaughtered by the end, but they're talking. <laughs> they actually get to be on screen. They actually get meaty roles. Yeah, and like in this game has a lot of fun characters too. Like you have the dad and the mom who are like these weird, just these weird vampire people. And you got like the brother and the cousin, the cousins trying to like, you look like a girl who I once loved and couldn't be with. And I will save you. <laughs> they're oh my so gosh. weird. It's so weird. There's so many. I was laughing so hard. There was one line that was just... Oh, yeah. And because, like, one of the girls is an undercover agent that you're, like, working with. Oh, yeah. And when she, like, reveals to another girl in the party, she's like, she's like, hey, by the way, I'm an undercover agent and we're in danger. The girl she's talking to just kind of goes, are you, like, what? <laughs> like, not like, you just told me you were an undercover agent, but has, like, the reaction of, like, well, what are we going to do? Like, I'm like, wait, no. The first thing she said is is insane. She just said she's an undercover agent. How no are you still not? No one's questioning this, but, of course, and also Night Trap is great because it's one of the few video games that has, it's, like, a theme song in it that is sung, and I think we need to bring this back in video games. I need more games where, like, their Ratchet main... and Clank had one. Huh? Ratchet and Clank had a theme song. It did. Do they have with lyrics? Ripped Apart. It had a theme song with lyrics and it had the villain sing it over the end. 
I didn't know that. See, that's what I want. That's what I want. Every game now, like Starfield needs lyrics. Um, Spider-Man needs lyrics. Everything I, needs lyrics. I love when uh, movies and games have lyrics. For example, the Dream Warriors song by Dokken. Yes. Uh, We're the Dream Warriors. All right. I got that out of my system. I have to do it every single time. And <laughs> unless, unless, if we don't, you guys... You don't want to find out what happens to Vanessa. I pop. She pops. Just, I just straight up pop. Just like a nasty, ready or not. The Ladomas family. The Ladomas family. But yeah, I this game was just, it's it's hilarious playing it on the Switch because I was replaying it and I was getting very stressed out because you see like you have to basically, and if you want to get the perfect ending, you have to get these guys so fast. And sometimes the buttons just like won't listen to you you can't even sometimes you can't even finish the cutscene no like you can't even finish the cutscene of them finish, dying yeah, you can't even before you auger, have to move on you are having to flip through those cameras like nobody's business it's games, games are wild games used to be harder games, oh yeah i think well just because they couldn't be super long yeah so they, they had to they had to take they had to challenge was basically you needed to charge enough money for an experience that would take a long time so you had to create these experiences that were super challenging or like, yeah, just reset. They were completely different every time because you just needed to 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 create and garner a lengthier and more fulfilling experience with not a lot of materials on hand or like not a lot of content on hand. Yeah. So, yeah, like, oh, my gosh, the original Zelda, that thing kicks my butt still. Like, oh, my gosh. I played it at my friend's on his Wii U. And I'm I tried like, playing it with my niece and I, it it turns me into such a punk it makes me seem like such an incapable little wiener. Anytime I'm like, yeah, these are the games I used to play. And then I show her and I'm like, oh, I guess I used to be better at these. Well, I, think, I think it just comes with the evolution of gameplay too. And now you have these games where it's like, it's, you have spanning across a bunch of hours and it's a lot like, oh, you can do a lot more things now. So we don't have to like the difficulty, like, and also too, now we have difficulty scaling. And so games can be as difficult as you want them to be. Or some games can, some games can be as difficult as you want them to be. Some games, uh, trying to think of a game where it just has a not unlike game or like harvest moon yeah no there are no difficulty setting there but it's a different kind of game yeah it can Is be it? hard it's hard in some aspects yeah i know i've accidentally set myself up for a winter with no fodder <gasps> not i didn't do that this time but i did the last time i played I know, and i deleted yeah, the whole like, game because oh, I, I was so mad i was so sad for my cows i accidentally passed out on one of my recent me playthroughs, too. and I, re I, re I was like, nope, not doing that. So I turned it off and turned it back on again. I'm like, I'm not failing. This is my no-fail farm run. But yeah, like, Night Trap to me was just, I, I think at one point, as when I picked it, I was like, oh, am I, am I burning this choice on this film? Because I feel like, because it's such, an, it's such like a nod to 80s campy B-movie horror. It is. But I was like, but no other film. I'm like, I'm like, for me, I was like, ah, no. Like, just the things that I felt with him, ready or not, the hide and go seek, that camera element where, like, you see them, like, in the camera room and he's the hidden doors. The hidden doors. I was like, it, this is Night Trap. This is, this is why I'm picking it. Yeah. No, this was, once I started, once I played Night Trap and then I rewatched Ready or Not, I was like, oh, Emily, knock this out of the park. <laughs> you absolutely crushed I, this one. And, and speaking of sequels, I would love a Night Trap too. I would love a Night Trap 2. I would 2. love a Night Trap 2 with a little bit different gameplay design. Like, like allow me a little to, more a little, room to breathe, please. A little bit more room to breathe just for story. But I think, I think, because we're seeing a lot more, because FMV games are still <coughs> around. One of the most interesting and impressive FMV games, I think, that's come out in the last year 
is Immortality. What's this is a game you need to play. Immortality. Yes. You know what? I'm actually going to change my pick now. Uh, <laughs> so Immortality is a wild, wild, wild FMV game that's all about this actress that you follow. And that's all I'm going to say. Oh, oh my God. My roommate has this. Uh where you like click different clips and different parts of the screen mm -hmm. and it shows you i'm so excited to play this okay yeah so like i i think fmvs are so cool i'm so so glad we're in a place right now where also too this type of video game has not gone away we are still seeing we have these we have studios who are making fmv games and also too like there's also games that are utilizing the fmv format um oh gosh there's a remake of a horror game that's in development but they're doing it for vr I'm gonna keep talking. I need to look up something real quick. Yeah, um, um, my roommate was showing me Immortality, and I was like, "This gameplay seems insane." And it's literally just uncovering and uh, pieces uh, of this entire story that isn't like really told in linear ways, and it's okay. very exploratory. So, so I found the game I was talking about. So, The Seventh Guest. The Seventh Guest was a horror uh, was a horror game that came out where it was like a puzzle game, but it also used FMV to like you're interacting with these ghosts who've all died and you're the seventh guest or like six other ghosts and like you're the seventh guest. Uh, so they're remaking it into a VR game. And what they're doing now is because like, because it was so revolutionary back in the day with like these FMV of these ghosts and these human actors in this video game, the way they're doing it now is that they've, they've recorded, um, they did like the matrix cam. So they did yeah. like the 360 camera thing. Ooh. So, and I haven't, no one's experienced this, knock on wood, no one's experienced this yet, but this is what I read when I wrote about it in the news. Um, but for the Seventh Guest VR remake, it'll be so like you can walk around the space and you can like walk through the ghosts. Or so when you pivot, like it will, they will be in 360 with you. Oh, that's so crazy. The actors will be talking to you in 360. Yeah. So you will be able to walk around them and there'll be a fully fledged actor in the space, which I think is really, really neat for VR. And so I'm really excited for when that comes out. And, and stuff. So yeah, like I'm super excited that, I'm super happy that FMV tech n didn't go away when video games kind of kept evolving in a different direction and FMV did not become the future of video games. But it just makes me so excited to see like this this tech and this this kind of features utilized because I think it's really neat. And it's just a really neat aspect of the genre. So yeah, your next game will be Immortality. Yay! Oh God, that'll be a fun one to pick it too since it's like about movie making. Mm-hmm. I wonder if I should pick something where it's like movies about movies. Ooh, this is going to be really fun. I'm very excited to play this. Thank yes. you for this. Um, where can the people find you? You can find me on Twitter at frankly underscore Emily. I need to make a threads. I'm late to the threads game. I don't know if I'm going to jump on threads. That's a thing too. Yeah. It's like, I'm sure at the time we release this, I might have a threads or not. So hopefully around the same moniker. I am on blue sky. Ooh, yeah, that's right. And as soon as I get a code, I will give you a code. Oh, thank you. So that you can be on blue sky I with mean, me. It just feels like all these apps are just so wild. I feel like it's just such a wild, everyone's just like collecting all these different social media apps, but yeah, you can find me. That's where I post mostly my Twitter is where I usually dump everything that I'm doing. Uh, articles, videos, things, goopy thoughts about Night Trap and all the Pepsi cans, uh, you name it. So it's frankly underscore Emily, and then you can follow me on Instagram with uh, frankly underscore Emily with an extra little underscore. I'm NESS Guerrero on Blue Sky and Twitter and SNES, SNES Guerrero on Instagram and TikTok. 
Um, eventually I'll have the same handle all across them, but right now I don't. And we don't have a social media for the pod because we're busy, busy gals, but we like it when you tweet at us and talk to us about what we selected because we like talking to you about what you would have picked instead. Yeah. Or if you like the pick or if you played it or watched it for the first time. And uh, please be sure to rate and review wherever you listen to your podcast because that helps us be seen. And uh, thank you so much for listening. We love you. Bye. Bye.